it's summertime. We're ready to get out. We've been indoors for the past year plus and everybody's ready to be outside. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I definitely am. Welcome to the Health and Beauty RX podcast, where you'll find everything about the hows and whys about your skincare ingredients, body health, and self-care. I'm your favorite pharmacist, Uwala, and I'm the owner and formulator of Phase by Nature, a clean, green, and indulgent skincare line created to cater to our black and brown skincare needs. Yes, like I said, we're getting into sunscreen and why it's important. I thought this was the perfect time because it's summertime. We're ready to get out. We've been indoors for the past year plus, and everybody's ready to be outside. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I definitely am. So one thing that we want to make sure, though, make sure you're wearing a sunscreen. So I just thought this would be a great way to inform the community of why it's important and how to choose the best sunscreen for you. Of course, no matter what skin color you are, a sunscreen is for everyone, even us black people, <laughs> even us melanated people. We all need sunscreen because I know I remember as a young child, <laughs> remember I used to be like, oh, we don't need sunscreen or, you know, all of us you would be like, oh, we're black. Black people don't need sunscreen. Black don't crack. You know, we have melanin that protects us. And although that is true to a certain point, we do um, not burn as easy, but you know, everyone is a little different and depending on where you live around the world and how strong the UV rays is around there, it all depends. So that's why we have to wear sunscreen because we still will burn. And also one of the main reasons we want to protect ourselves from the sun as well is melanoma. So melanoma, this is a type of skin cancer that begins in cells known as melanocytes. And so it's less common than other skin cancers like basal cell carcinoma or squamous cell carcinoma, but it's more dangerous because of the ability of it to spread to other organs or and it's not treated as if it's not treated in its early stages, and a lot of times it's caught in late stages, especially in the um, black community, um, Hispanic community, and Asian communities. So let's actually get into those statistics a little bit. So just to touch on that, so the survival rate, this five-year survival rate for melanoma for black people is only 67%. Versus 92% for white people. So what that is saying is, let's say you're someone's diagnosed with melanoma and only 67%, if you're black, you had a 67% chance that you're going to survive in five years. If you're white, you have a 92% chance that you're going to survive. So that's kind of how that goes. And then um, even though skin cancer represents just only 1% to 2% of all cancers in black people, when we are diagnosed, um, it's really fatal because we're diagnosed at such a late stage to where we have a higher incidence of death. How do we protect ourselves from the sun then? So yeah, that's what I'm going to get into. There are actually other ways other than sunscreen. There is sunscreen, of course, 
um, avoiding the sun during peak hours, and then some wearing some protective clothing. So those are the three ways that we can kind of cover ourselves up while we're out in the sun or protect our skin while we're out in the sun. So why is sun so damaging to our skin? Why is the sun so damaging to our skin in the first place? So there's actually two UV ra- there's actually two UV radiation from the sun rays that we need protection from. You may have heard of this or maybe not, but of course we're getting into it. So there's UVB and there's UVA. So UVB I like to go to remember as UVB B for burning of the skin and then for A UVA is for aging of the skin. So UVB makes up just 5% of the UV radiation that reaches the earth's surface. And UVA actually makes up 95% of the UV radiation that reaches our Earth's surface. So, of course, like I said, UVB can cause burning, but um, so it causes sunburns, but it can also cause hyperpigmentation and photocarcinogenesis. So what that means is just basically the formation of cancerous um, cells from the UV rays. So with UVA, um, UVA for aging, um, it also causes damage below the skin surface. So it gets really deep penetration into our skin. It also can cause pigment darkening, photo aging, and is involved in skin carcinogenesis. So although UVB makes up less of the UV radiation that reaches the Earth's surface, it is what we can see more immediate reaction from the sun. So it has a stronger reaction um, to our bodies than we see with UVA. Let's get into the sunscreens. How does the sunscreens actually work when protecting us from the sun? So sunscreens contain filters that can either reflect or absorb radiation in the UV wavelength range. So there's two types of filters. We have the chemical sunscreens. So those have chemical filters or what's called organic filters. And then we have physical sunscreens, which contain um, physical filters or inorganic filters. So from here on out, we're just going to say chemical versus physical. And then a fun fact is that sunscreens are actually considered over-the-counter drugs in the U.S. according to the FDA. And the FDA only has 17 different filters that have been approved to be used in our sunscreens. So I'm going to start with chemical filters. So chemical filters absorbs the UV radiation and converts this radiation into heat. There are some that specifically absorb only UVB and there's others that absorb both UVB and UVA. So that is the chemical filters. So they absorb the radiation and convert the radiation into heat to, you know, kill off the radiation. So physical filters or sunscreens that contain physical sunscreen or uh, are considered physical sunscreens, (laughs) um, they consist of mineral compounds. 
So the minerals that are approved in the U.S. are two different ones. There's the zinc oxide and the titanium dioxide. So they reflect and scatter the UV light and that's covering a which covers a wide range of wavelengths. So it's stable, it's more stable and less irritating and sensitizing um has is less sense it's less irritating and has less sensitizing potential to your skin. So this option is usually best for sensitive skin. Um, and they are broad spectrum because they protect us from both UVB and the UVA rays. Um, when it comes to comparing that with the chemical sunscreens or chemical filters, um, those only protect us from UVB. It's said that physical sunscreens are best. What exactly is SPF? So when you see SPF, um, or it's called sun protection factor or stands for sun protection factor. This is what measures your sunscreen's ability to protect against a sunburn reaction. And it's primarily from UVB rays. Um, So yeah, SPF mainly just measures UVB rays protection. So as we know, sunburns B for UVB, B for burn, <laughs> they are primarily from the UVB rays. So uh, SPF, it actually does not properly measure UVA protection, which is crazy because if you remember earlier, I mentioned that 95% of the UV waves that come and reach our Earth's surface is UVA waves or UVA rays. (laughs) This is why in 2012, the FDA actually passed a new regulation that only sunscreens that pass the FDA test for protection against both UVA and UVB rays can be labeled as broad spectrum. Because before, people used to put broad spectrum on Sunscreens, when technically they were not broad spectrum because it did not cover both UVA and UVB. That's what the SPF, the SPF mainly just measures the UVB protection. And so that gets us into the PA system or the the PA++ that you've probably seen on um, some sunscreens as well. So this system, PA is short for protection grade of UVA. And that's the distinction between the SPF or sun protection factor that only measures UVB protection. The PA measuring system is actually not approved in the United States. It's not FDA approved. So it was actually originated in Japan. In Japan, they use that in their sunscreens. And I know other countries as well. But yeah, it's a way to measure the UVA, which I think would be great to add something to the U.S. to do that as well. Because right now we just have SPF, which just measures UVB. And we need protection from both UVA and UVB. So when you see PA... Plus, that is equivalent to some UVA protection. If you see PA++, that is equivalent to moderate 
PA with three pluses, it's high UVA protection. And then PA with four pluses means extremely high UVA protection. So yeah, that's just a little bit about that because I know you will probably see that on a few of your sunscreens here, but it's just not FDA approved. So when we are looking for a sunscreen, what exactly should we strive for? Like what is the ideal sunscreen that we want to wear? So according to the American Academy of Dermatology, they recommend that we wear at least an SPF of 30 or higher and that we want to choose a sunscreen that is broad spectrum. So we want something that has broad spectrum coverage, which is what is preferred. And then if you are going to be outdoors, running, exercising, sweating, swimming, getting in the water, then you want to have something that is water slash sweat resistant. So water and sweat resistant because it does it does wear off if you don't have one that's water sweat resistant. So yes, we want something that is water slash sweat resistant if you're going to be sweating or if you're going to be in the water or anything like that. So really, that's all cool and everything, but what the people want, <laughs> what we are looking for, everyone wants something that has great texture. We're looking for the, absorbabil the absorbability <laughs> to be great. So that whole white cast that a lot of people of color aren't fond of it's not cute and you just it just doesn't look so great and then of course we would like it to not be so greasy because everyone knows how um, some of the old formulations of sunscreen used to be very greasy nowadays we're starting to get some that can be more targeted toward our skin type so if you're oily or dry or anything like that and then, of course, you want it to smell good or have a pleasant smell or at least just not smell like anything because I know there's that sunscreen smell that I really can't stand and it kind of like burns my eyes sometimes. But I remember actually when I was in high school, I remember that was when I first learned about sunscreens because I had really bad acne. I had a lot of hyperpigmentation. And so my dermatologist told me that the sun can make my dark spots darker. So she recommended me this sunscreen, this mineral sunscreen that she wanted me to wear every day. I can't even remember what brand is that. It was probably Copper Tone. I, yeah, I think it was the Copper Tone. It's the pink bottle with the girl. She has like a swimsuit and some some dog or something's like biting it and pulling it down, something like that. But OMG, I would be so white when I went to school showing up in the morning. But I would not care because uh, you tell me that it's gonna make sure that my dark spots fade and make sure it doesn't get darker. I was like, oh, bet I will definitely be wearing my sunscreen. And so in the mornings when I would show up, <laughs> People would be like, uh, you have something on your face. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just my sunscreen. Um, it just doesn't rub in. I just, I have to wear it. So it was kind of like one of those things where I have to put it on my skin or else. So people didn't really understand in high school. Like, oh, you have to wear your sunscreen for dark spots. But me, once you tell me once, that's all you have to do. Okay. 
So yeah, I would go there with my ghostly face every morning, but I made sure to keep it on. What we're gonna get into next is just to talk about the proper use of sunscreens. So I know it's really confusing. Like people have that um, two finger rule, I think is it two finger or three finger rule or things like that. Um, I think sometimes that can be a little confusing because some people do like really thick lines or some people's lines are too skinny or anything like that. So I thought I would just go through some other um, methods that are used and recommended. So there's the shot glass rule or the shot glass method. So a shot glass is about 30 mLs and so well, yeah, it's a glass, so it's a shot glass, or you can use like 30 mLs, or it's approximately equivalent to 30 mLs, or six teaspoons. And that's needed to cover the sun exposed skin for an average sized adult. So on a beach vacation. So I don't know, that, that one is a little confusing to me. So, but that is one method that is recommended to kind of help people to visualize how much you should be using for your whole body. But with that method, it kind of has some holes there because when it says average size adult, like who falls into an average size adult? There's people who are petite, smaller than the average size. There's people who are plus or higher than the average size. And, and then it's just like, who's to say what is average size? But you know, I'm sure you can look up what they consider average size, but yeah, who wants to get into all that? So my favorite method that I like is the teaspoon method or the teaspoon rule. And I think that's a lot easier to follow and remember on a daily basis. It's more practical. So the way it goes is just to apply one teaspoon to your face and neck area and then a total of two teaspoons to the front and back torso. So basically, you need about a teaspoon in your hand to rub to your face and neck area. And then when you are trying to visualize how much to put from your waist up to your neck, up to you know the beginning of your neck, where your neck and your chest meet <laughs> is where you'll stop, you will just use one teaspoon there and then you would also use one teaspoon from your waist to the um, top of your back you would use one teaspoon as well and then you would just need one teaspoon to each upper extremity so that's your arms so one teaspoon for your arms and then one teaspoon for your other arm or <laughs> one teaspoon each for each arm <laughs> and then two teaspoons each for your lower extremities. So your thighs down, so from the um, from your buttocks and thighs and your legs and your foot, you need two teaspoons for each leg, okay? So I think that is a lot more practical to remember and to visualize on you know your regular basis when you're out and about. Um, not to say that you need to carry a teaspoon around with you. Maybe when you're trying to first measure out um, how a teaspoon looks in your hand, maybe you can measure it out and just kind of visualize it, eyeball that. And so from there, you'll be used to knowing, you know, what a teaspoon looks in your hand, looks like in your hand. So another thing that is very important to know about SPF and sunscreen is timing. 
So timing, according to the American Academy of Dermatology, you are supposed to put on your sunscreen 15 to 30 minutes before sun exposure. And I think this goes more toward if you're doing the chemical sunscreens because those take a little longer to settle into the skin and to be ready to um, be out in the sun. So the 15 to 30 minutes. And then I know with physical sunscreens, they're actually effective immediately. So you don't have to wait that 15, 30 minutes for physical sunscreen. And then you also want to wait at least 10 to 20 minutes before dressing up after applying any sunscreen to your body because you want it to be able to give it a chance to settle into the skin uh, before you use your clothes to like wipe it all off. So that goes for like if you are having areas that are not exposed, but you still want it to be covered by sunscreen, which is still important because not all clothing are be able to protect you from the sun. So that's important. So you do want to make sure you're just covered if you know that, you're, that your clothes are not guaranteed to cover you from the UV rays. And then finally, you want to know that you are supposed to reapply your sunscreen every two hours and that is necessary to be able to keep that protection from the sun. So that kind of gets me into those areas because I know that's another foggy area where they say every two hours. Okay, so what if I'm wearing makeup or, you know, I'm out and about at work like and you're going outside and this going inside, how long is it active if you're outside or how long is it active if you're not inside? Well, I do want to get into that. I'm not going to get into that here though. Uh, I do plan to do a video on YouTube. If you're not following on me already, I'm Dr. Uwa, Phase by Nature on YouTube, but I do want to do a video just kind of going through options that we have out there that can help to protect us from the sun. So for people who wear makeup, and then of course, if you don't wear makeup, then you would just reapply the same one that you've applied before. So that's like the gist of sunscreens, but I did want to get into some like controversial areas or pros and cons of wearing a chemical versus physical sunscreen. And I know I've seen like a lot of people pushing oh, physical sunscreens are safer or chemical sunscreens are safe too. So I just wanted to go through what some of the studies that are out there and what some of the science has said. So firstly, with chemical sunscreens, um, they, have, they have been shown to be able to absorb into the bloodstream but there are not enough studies to show what effects this can have on our bodies. So that's one of the things that a lot of people kind of want to steer away from chemical sunscreens because um, we're not really sure what side effects they can have on the body when absorbed into the, sun, into the bloodstream. There have been some studies that have been done, but there aren't enough studies to show these side effects. And then some other chemical UV filters have actually been found and proven to have hormonal effects, specifically the octinoxate and the oxybenzone. So these specifically can cause estrogenic effects in 
or they were shown to cause estrogenic effects in animal studies. So the hormonal, the hormonal effects in humans, though, is not very certain, um, and they need more studies on this. But if it's seen, usually when it's seen in like when they test it on animals, um, then yeah, it's, it's kind of just recommended to kind of look out for that in humans. But of course, like I said, there aren't too many studies on that to prove it for um, humans, but it was found in animals. Physical filters or physical sunscreens, um, there has been evidence that shows that most filters have an excellent safety profile and do not have significant absorption into our bloodstream. There were some considerations though for nanoparticles forms have raised questions because they're not sure if it is absorbed in the bloodstream. But actually there were some studies, I think there was a study in Australia and a couple of other studies that showed that they were in fact pretty safe and did not have a significant absorption into the bloodstream. But yeah, so that's all about sunscreens and why we all need to be wearing our sunscreen, either if you're light, dark, you know, melanated, non-melanated, all of us need to be wearing sunscreen because we have a chance to protect ourselves from or decrease the chance of us getting any skin cancers. And then also, if you wear sunscreen, like if you're trying to get rid of any hyperpigmentation, um, scarrings, any scars or anything like that, sunscreen can help to, to prevent those areas and spots from getting darker by the sun because the sun will darken your dark areas. So yeah, if you guys are still here, I just want to thank you for listening to the Health and Beauty RX podcast. I love doing these. I plan to do more. And so if you have any questions or any concerns or any feedback, please send me an email. The email will be in our in my um, description box so that you can send me your questions and yeah I'll be looking out for them so you guys have a great day wherever this podcast finds you I hope you're having a great day and if it's not you can turn it around bye guys